AviationPros.com is the portal website for AMT, airport business, and ground support worldwide magazines. Visit daily for breaking news, industry blogs, and insightful articles from our magazine's editorial team. And don't forget to sign up for our publication's daily e-newsletters. It's all at AviationPros.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Aviation Pros Podcast. I'm Joe Petrie, Editorial Director for the Endeavor Aviation Group. With the boom in the aerospace sector and private aviation growth, communities across North America are competing vigorously to encourage business growth and investment in their region. Airports are the kingpin of these developments, so it takes visionary leadership and strategic innovation to build these businesses on the airfield. Piedmont Triant International Airport is a model for success when it comes to building a strong aerospace cluster at an airport. From Honda Jet to Boom Supersonic, PTI has seen its aerospace tenant list grow in recent years. I was able to catch up with PTI Executive Director Kevin Baker during the MBAA BASE 2023 conference, where we discussed the airport's success and how it pulled in the greater community to keep it going. So you guys have a lot going on. Uh, I hear about you guys all the time. There's a lot of tenant development that's going on there. Tell me a little bit about the airport's overall goals when it comes to your development. Well, this is all very much a planned thing. Um, you know, about 10 years ago, um, you know, we kind of, to some extent, we were captains obvious and realized that the industry had selected us. That the industry was voting with their feet. So you already at that point had Honda, you had Cessna, Haco. Uh, FedEx had just opened, you know, and so we got just to be a lot more deliberate about that and decided that we wanted to focus on that industry because we all we already had learned how important it was to the community in terms of the jobs. These are higher paying jobs than the average household income in the area. Um, and so we got to be very deliberate about getting a lot of extra land, getting it graded and ready to go, um, and having environmental processes out of the way. And, um, you know, doing all this in a way that didn't uh, break the bank so that we have to charge that back to whatever tenants were put in there. So basically scope, budget, and schedule, making sure we can answer all those questions for the customer. And land is one thing when it comes to the airport, but there's so many challenges when it comes to developing it, and just alone workforce yep. and what you have to do to try and develop that in your region. So can you talk about, about some of the collaborative efforts that the airport's done as far as to help build this in the Greenboro area? Yeah, I mean, it's really, um, and so, you know, the area is called the Piedmont Triad. It's really Greensboro High Point wants to say we're all together. Um, and, uh, you know, that community is about 1.7 million people, so it's the size of, of a much larger city. Uh, and, you know, collectively. Um, and really, uh, we owe the most of our uh, success to and the help that we got from the state of North Carolina. The legislature um, of the state has been very generous to help us with money to allow us to be able to grade sites, um, building a very large taxiway bridge that goes over top of an interstate um, that opens up 600 acres that we owned on the other side of that interstate that we can now access. You know, and so having that, having that in place um, the, the state of North Carolina, again, has just been, I, I think, our, our biggest partner. We couldn't have done it without it. So we'll just make sure we're nice and close. <laughs> so, now, you mentioned, you were just talking before, you know, Honda Jets, obviously somebody that you have on site. 
boom, that's a very exciting company that's coming up and they're going to be located and they're located there. So tell me, I mean, what strategies were employed to attract these companies that makes like a boom say, this is where I want to do my business? Yeah, um, we had a number of strategies. We actually had a person that we as a region hired. So this was a, co a collective effort between some of the economic development organizations and the airports to hire a person to be worldwide outselling the area to say, hey, come to these kinds of conferences and do so all around the world and make sure that, um, you know, that, that the name is known. And um, certainly Boom and Honda, you get companies like that to locate on your airport and the name becomes known very quickly um, because that whole site selection world, you know, those folks, the people who do the site selection consulting for companies like these, they know where there's land and where there's sites that are available. And so, um, you know, and again, we were very deliberate in terms of the, of who we wanted because we had done an awful lot. There's a lot of um, uh, math and, and, and you know, really thinking through the business case that happened years ago where we said, all right, well, um, where's the biggest bang for the buck for the region? Who are the highest paid kind of organizations? Which organizations bring more um, you know, satellite infrastructure and companies? Um, who has the greatest density of employment? So we would look at the number of acres, number of people employed divided by the number of acres that they would lease, the number of people employed divided by the size of buildings that they would have, and then total salaries per acre, per square foot. And you start to really zero in on where the, the, the juicy targets are, right? And for us, that became the OEMs, number one, large tier one subs, number two. So like, you know, a, a fuselage builder or a wing box builder, um, and then, and then finally the MROs because we have such a, a plethora of them there right now that um, you know it, it's well, we have that bench strength in a very strong way in our region. So it's just an obvious. Um, even though in the MRO world the average salaries can be a little bit lower than the OEMs because it's more the mechanics and repair folks than it is the you know, aerospace engineers, for instance. But they're still very good paying jobs, um, and so we focus on those three boxes and um, you know we advertise um, kind of globally in a lot of these publications that you have with with advertised regularly in other ones as well to try and hit our market mm -hmm. and you got obviously you get looking for a lot of these different employers that can be in they got to build the buildings you got workforce that needs to develop the community's working on that you guys have a more interesting and more intricate challenge when it comes to supporting this when it comes to your infrastructure investment in order to make sure that these companies can thrive on your airport facility. Tell me a little bit about the strategic thinking on how you've been investing in your infrastructure. I think the biggest thing is, is literally making sure that you can say yes. And what that means is being able to answer yes to a bunch of questions. Do you have a site that's of the sufficient size? And you know, you'll get an RFP from companies and say, well, we need 100 acres. It needs to be next to a runway, next to an interstate. Uh, we want it graded, all the utilities brought there. We want it next Friday and we want it for free. And if you can't name all of those, you say, name that tune on all of those, um, then you can, you can bet that you're not gonna win. And so we just said back again 10 years ago or so, we need to figure out how to get the scope, the budget, and the schedule all figured out so that when customers would come here, we'd have the scope that they needed, but it wouldn't be at some huge, amazing price that they have to deal with. And we could do it, more, most probably most importantly, Joe, is that we were 
we will be ready when they are. Whereas other locations, if they select some place where they want to go, um, they might have to go through a two or three year environmental process. We're done. We're ready to go right now. So um, I think that really puts us in a competitive position. You've got a lot of victories so far when it comes to the uh, growth you've seen at the airport and the people you've been able to bring in, the OEMs, uh, building the workforce. There's this overall vision of building a center of aviation in your region. Tell me, what's that strategy going forward? I mean, it's a 100-year vision from what I understand. How does that go? What does that look like as you progress? Yeah, I mean, in this industry, you have to think 100 years out if you think about it. Um, and, you know, what we're really trying to do also is to make sure, in order to better position and hedge the airport's property for the future, we're trying to have a diversity of types of employers. And, and that's really taking root, take, taking root naturally. Now, you've got companies like FedEx who are, you know, they're moving packages, right? Kind of an old traditional use of an airport. But then you've got OEMs, you've got a couple of OEMs, you've got a bunch of MROs, and then we've got kind of disparate MROs. So for instance, uh, Marshall Aerospace, just a, they're just building their building right now. They specialize in C-130s. So they're working on military airplanes from around the world, um, and but with very specific MRO where they're not necessarily competing against a HACO, for instance, who is an MRO, third-party MRO for commercial airlines and, and so forth, and not in that in that um, in that same industry. So they're competing for employees for sure, mm-hmm. but they're not competing for customers. Mm-hmm. And so that you know, EVTOL, another that's another big world for us going forward. That we're We've got a number of companies that are interested in us, and we're hopeful that we'll, we'll come up with a, a win with one of those. <laughs> because that's you know that's that's a line of aerospace of the future that we got to be part of, in my opinion. Public-private partnerships are very important when it comes to getting this type of development. Can you tell me about uh, you know the role this has played in growing what you have in the region and just what you've learned as far as uh, building these relationships? Yeah, I, I think number one, our airline or air, aerospace community uh, works very closely with each other. Um, that wasn't always the case, but over the years they have they have grown to work a lot better together to do things like building that that aerospace employment base. So that, so that they're not competing for an employee for an extra 50 cents an hour with their neighbor. But instead, it's the rising tide lifts all ships kind of thing, where uh, it just overall, they're improving the pipeline and the numbers of, of possible employees that are coming in. So I think you know, there's the private side with all of those, those employers. And also, there's a group called the Piedmont Tribe Partnership, which is sort of an umbrella economic development organization for the whole region. Uh, it's funded largely by private money. Um, same with chambers of commerce, obviously. Um, but you know, I think all of the companies in the region—we're sort of like Switzerland. Everybody loves the airport, and uh, all of the companies in the region are very supportive of everything we're doing because it benefits all of them. You know, you, you, if you think about what's happening in the world and in, in, in our community, um, you know, I always go through the example of somebody comes to moves to the area, maybe to go to work for Boom as an aerospace engineer. They buy a house. The realtor who sells them the house makes a commission. The realtor goes home and tells her husband or his wife, hey, that nice commission today, that, that car's getting so old, time to replace that car, let's go get a new car. They go buy a new car. You get where I'm going with this. I mean, it, it, this is like the lifeblood economically in the community, and you, it's there, it's growing, and um, I think it's just gonna keep on going. That being said, 
how is the region, you know, growing and retaining this top talent? I mean, there's such a challenge to get aerospace workers across everywhere. Yeah, well, so I think that, number one, you have a place that's just a really cool place to live. And I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh originally. My wife and I moved there 25 years ago to help the airport run a project. And we were going to move back in two years. Well, never happened. We're 25 years ago. Our kids were both born in North Carolina. Um, you know, so it's, it's a nice place to live. It's a great community. It's a great environment. You're very close to the ocean, close to the mountains. You can take your choice. North Carolina is a very diverse state in terms of what its outdoor life offers. Um, roadway system, I think better than any in the country. Um, you know, low cost of living, low cost of doing business. Um, just nice people. Um, so when you have all of those assets combined, um, people and companies are drawn to that naturally. And when you then add on top of that, all of the assets that they need, you know, all these sites that I'm talking about, plus long runways, plus an existing bench strength in this of employee, um, it becomes a no-brainer. So there's technology is ever evolving. I mean, every one of these trade shows we go to, we see new things that are going out there. We hear about Evital, we hear about new types of aircraft, everything like going on. What steps are you taking to ensure that you guys are keeping ahead with the market trends to make sure you're serving customers going forward? Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned before, with the EV Tall World, uh, you know, we, we definitely would love to be in that place. Um, and again, are, are actively courting a number of companies that are in that in that space. Um, I just think that it is it's it's you know, 30 years from now, it's becoming more of a mature market, and it's. It's you know embedded into our lives and, and it's being used, um, and so I, I think that it's really important to be out in front of that. And you know we're we regularly have folks that are engaging with the, with that part of the industry uh, to make sure that they're aware that whenever they're bedding down these manufacturing locations, we're here, we're ready to help. And how have you been engaging the community to make sure that they're supporting these types of efforts? Yeah, so the community is incredibly supportive, and I think it's mainly because you've got you've got a community that in the in the decade that went from 1990 to 2000 lost 90 some thousand net jobs because of the furniture industry offshoring, because of the textile industry offshoring, and because of tobacco, all the problems that happened with tobacco in the 90s, all the lawsuits, etc. So you know those those three industries were 150-year lifeblood of this community. All of a sudden, those industries needed to be replaced with something else, and the, all of the communities worked together to decide what markets they wanted to jump Thank into. You. And aerospace was one of them that was a natural because, again, by then the companies had already voted with their feet. You know, a number of them. And so I, I think that you know our involvement with the community is it, it, we're, we're joined at the hip with them. Um, to make sure that we're continuing to provide alternatives for the future. One of the things I'll say very often at like a Rotary conference, or you know, if I'm doing a speech at the Rotary Club or whatever, is one of the things that drives me is right now a lot of, or not even right now, I'd say 10 years ago, a lot of kids who would grow up in the area would want to move away because there's more opportunity in Charlotte or Raleigh or other states. and. Part of what always drove me was the idea of having opportunities for my kids where they might want to come back. And I think that that's, um, that's uh, I think that's shared by a lot of people in the community because it is a really cool place to live. Um, but you have to, for young kids to want to come back, it's got to have that draw. Mm -hmm. So my last question for you today. You've seen a lot of success. You're continuing to see success. I anticipate it's not going to slow down anytime soon. 
there's other airports and your peers out there that are trying to emulate this type of success for them. When it comes to building their own aerospace sector in their communities, what do you think is the number one most important piece of advice to keep in mind so they can be successful as you have been? They should give up because we're going to beat them. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I'm very supportive of, uh, and I've helped a lot of uh, my peers who've asked questions about how to do this. You know, I, I think that the, the main main thing is that you've got to have a very long-term lens. I mean, we did a 50 and 100-year plan, um, and you know. A two-year plan doesn't pan out the way you think it will. A 15-year plan certainly not going to, but if you don't do something with it, you're out of luck. You have to have some kind of plan to be able to do this. Um, and you know, trying to stay out front of what the possible demands could be is the key. And um, having a, a very long lens, you know, I, I think a lot of times, um, yeah, honestly, a lot of times in our industry, you have uh, folks who are in roles like mine who who are moving around from airport to airport. It's kind of a progression, if you will, because they ultimately want to run DFW or something like that. Um, I have no desire. I, I, you know, this this is the goal, the one goal. And therefore, I can look with a very long lens. Um, and I think for those who want to do it, they got to be ready to do that too, because this is a serious investment. You know, just getting relationships with people in this building, for instance, uh, or in this organization, takes a long time. So that you know somebody has you on their Rolodex whenever they're ready to talk about a site. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a long-term investment. You got to be ready to stay long. And I'm excited to hear more about this going forward for a long time too on our end. So thank you very much for having this conversation today. Yeah. Really exciting stuff to hear in your community. Well, thank you for covering us, and, and uh, you always do a nice job covering us. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the Airport Business Newsletter and Magazine for exclusive insights from top leaders in the industry, giving information unavailable anywhere else in the market. I'm Joe Petrie. We'll catch you next time.